freaking go. So we do it every Monday, the Brian Kelly press conference reaction live stream. So um, the, the weirdest thing about the press conference that Brian Kelly does every Monday is anything he says isn't as big as the kickoff announcement the following week. So I will start with that. The Missouri game is an 11 a.m. kickoff the week after the Ole Miss game. So if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, you're going to see that my eyes are just sagging so freaking low. Uh, I am low on sleep. I'm cutting all these film studies for the SEC channel and obviously PHL here. So if you have any questions film related, we're going to get to that as well. But I do want to focus mostly on what Brian Kelly has to say. And uh, obviously the big thing here to start is Missouri will be an 11 a.m. kickoff. That is not a good thing if you ask me. And I will share a few reasons as to why right here at the very beginning. Um, An 11 a.m. kickoff at Missouri is brutal because, first off, it is not the easiest location to get to. So it's going to be kind of like Mississippi State where, you know, obviously LSU having the dry run a few weeks ago with the Mississippi State game. That will help LSU going into that Missouri game. But still, an 11 a.m. kickoff, Missouri has played so many 11 a.m. kickoffs at home. It's a difficult place to play, and on top of that, Missouri is really good. Also, we are playing Ole Miss. It is a late kickoff, which means we are going to be getting back late on Saturday night, and that obviously is not the absolute best thing. When you got to get up, or uh, Sunday you're going to be getting back relatively um, or Saturday night, you'll be getting back relatively late. It might actually be Sunday morning, just depending on travel. And then you get a short-ish week, and then you got to travel to Missouri. So obviously that stinks. It, it really does. But obviously this team has a good shot to overcome all of it. Now, LSU right now is sitting at around a two-and-a-half-point favorite as we get ready for Ole Miss. And obviously Brian Kelly spent a lot of time in the press conference talking about what actually happened the week before or just a few we uh, a few days ago versus Arkansas. Let's start with um to me the biggest thing Jaden Daniels did get SEC offensive player of the week. And on top of that, um there isn't really any bad injury designations for LSU up to this point. So LSU has been very fortunate up to this point in the season that they have not had any serious injuries to their most important players on the team. Um Obviously, Brian Kelly said Mason Taylor is uh, fighting through, you know, a ton of pain right now. We just don't have, you know, um, a a deep tight end room. I did see on the sideline this weekend that Kamarion Pimpton by the second half uh, was out of his shoulder pads, uh, or at least that's what I thought I saw. Um, But overall, Omar Spates. Uh, is listed as probable. He might be back uh, for the Ole Miss game this weekend. But as of right now, the injuries, um, the injury luck that LSU has had up to this point has been very freaking good. Um, Brian Kelly, towards the end, uh, mentioned that Jordan Jefferson will get more playing time and he will get more playing time as a pure nose guard as well. Going to be very interesting to see how that rotation works with Wingo and Mason Smith. Also, Brian Kelly tried to calm down the Deshaun Womack hype up to this point, saying that there's still a lot of things that he needs to learn, but he will continue being a very key contributor to this uh, team. Now, obviously, we say hi to Legacy Dom, the president of the JD5 fan club. Once again, Jaden is absolutely killing it. And as Brian Kelly mentioned, you know, kind of like what we talked about on the film study, a slow start. But the truth is, Jaden is always going to be good at the end of halves. He always has been and always will be. And once everything just kind of calmed down, uh, even though it wasn't a perfect game like Jaden played the week before, He's absolutely killing it. He's absolutely killing it as the offensive player of the week two weeks in a row. And I can't say this enough, man. Um, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. are doing the Lord's work out there. I do want to include this. And once again, I'm going to focus mostly on what uh, Brian Kelly has to say. He said a lot of good things about BTJ. He also said a lot of good things about Malik Neighbors and how smart of a football player he is. And at this point, Malik... 
I, I, I hate to say this word because he is still so young in his career. And obviously when he gets to the next level next year, uh, there's going to be a lot of learning there. But Link Neighbors is a master at all the positions, right? That's why in the title of the film study, I said Malik Neighbors Masterclass, his football IQ is on a completely different level um, than pretty much every other wide receiver on this team to go along with his ability. And Brian Thomas Jr. is absolutely crushing it uh, right now. So uh, there you go. Um, I know a lot of you want to talk about the 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, I've given you my thoughts on that. Um, so. I'll also say this, all right, when it comes to the 11 a.m. kick, Missouri is just not a big brand. You know, television networks just don't care about Missouri. Um, that's all there is to it. I mean, they, they, they what, what, what sport are they known for? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, they're known for a really good backup quarterback, actually a few good backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's about it. Okay, uh, this is absolutely uh, funny right here from Jeff. Plenty of time to find a nice car dealership in Missouri to stop at. Um, so there you go. Now, uh, obviously, Jaden, uh, with what Brian Kelly had to say, ah, he, he, he was really good in that second half. You know, he had the one miss to Mason Taylor when he was wide open in the flat, but outside of that, he was he was amazing um let's uh let's be real here about the Ole Miss game being obviously a two and a half point favorite um kind of situation I feel a lot better when you're getting exceptional quarterback play than compared to last year on the road we didn't quite have that with Jaden and at this point especially if you factor in the drops that happened in that Florida State game. Jaden has been a really good quarterback, once again, a very small sample size, away from Tiger Stadium. So I feel really good about going into Oxford. And Jaden, one of his best games last year was against Ole Miss. And now he is going up against, uh, you know, an Ole Miss defense. That should be very interesting. Now, I do want to to bring this up. I will be on AYS tonight at uh, 730 my favorite segment of the week. So there you go. Um, so we'll talk more about this, obviously, tonight. But I want one thing to be very clear here, all right? We'll talk more about Ole Miss versus Alabama as the week moves on. Lane was not good this weekend versus Alabama. He just wasn't. I saw Blake had a reference uh, about this. And by the way, if I say Blake, it's AYS, as you guys know. But once again, I haven't been able to watch the full game, but Lane just wasn't that great. And if you look historically, you know, the thing that everyone says, it, and, and this is something that's so funny to me about Brian Kelly, okay? I mentioned this last night that Notre Dame fans uh, were, were talking bad that Brian Kelly isn't this and Brian Kelly isn't that. But oftentimes, it's the coach – that they are a fan of that is that exact thing. So look, Brian Kelly, Notre Dame, they say, well, Brian Kelly, they're down by, I saw a tweet down by 10 versus Arkansas. Well, it's ironic because Notre Dame only had 10 players on the field versus Ohio state in the game's most important portion of the game. So that was absolutely hilarious to me. Something else that is hilarious to me is I see a lot of the college football media, uh, bring this up that Brian Kelly doesn't win the big game, okay? And look, there is some merit to that. There have been some games that LSU has underperformed and not played at their absolute best. But what I would tell you is why don't people mention this about Lane Kiffin? And some have, full disclosure, some have. But Shehan Jayaraja, one of my really good buddies, he's a national writer at CBS Sports, had a ridiculous stat about Lane Kiffin. When he plays power five teams that end up winning nine plus regular season games, Lane Kiffin is something like one in 19, one in 19. Okay. And Lane Kiffin perpetually gets blown out by good teams. Okay. 
I cannot state enough that in college football, we don't talk enough about blowouts and how hard it is to blow in another team out. Now, was Alabama this past weekend a blowout? No, it wasn't a blowout. The score is 24 to 10. It was a, it was a semi-competitive game. But Alabama's offense is a bottom five offense in the SEC right now. So 24 to 10 is kind of a, a huge mark, especially for an offensive-minded coach. So look at some of the other blowouts that Lane Kiffin has had. He's got blown out by Texas Tech. Uh, he got blown out last year by Arkansas. The, the to- total no-show last year versus Arkansas. So when he plays like just decent teams, he struggles to beat them. And I will also mention this about Lane Kiff- Kiffin. The ridiculous amount of close game luck he has had up to this point in his career. Go look at the numbers, right? He has had some ridiculous close game victories over the next uh, over the last couple of years uh, versus teams that I wouldn't even consider to be elite teams or just good teams. So uh, there you go. Dane says he still wants a Patrick Peterson card. So here we go. Once again, the next time we get to 100 in Super Chats, I'll send out this Chrome Patrick Peterson card, and I'm sending it to Dane. Okay, so if you want Dane to get this uh, Patrick Peterson card, how about we do this? If we do 50 in Super Chats, I'm going to send this out to Dane because I know Dane wants it so unbelievably Bad. Okay. Now, last thing I'll say in the Missouri game. Last thing. All right. I have dreaded this game for so long. I've dreaded it for so unbelievably long. To the point, I did a video on this game six months ago. Okay. That's how much I've dreaded this game. I predicted that it was going to be at 11 a.m. It's at 11 a.m. I predicted that it was going to be. Um, uh, I predicted that Ole Miss was likely going to be a night game. It's a night game, all right? So it's going to be a short week. Obviously, you know, we should just focus on beating Ole Miss. But if I was LSU, the one thing I would make sure you do is after that Ole Miss game, pack everyone up, get on that mother effing plane as soon as you possibly can and get back to Tiger Stadium and start the um, – what, what the sleep cycles uh, or whatever it takes to get the proper amount of rest. Uh, because, you know, the one stat that we've always mentioned on PHL and Power Hour SEC is the back-to-back road game scenario, all right? Now, this is why it is important to understand what makes college football unique compared to all the other sports, maybe outside of, of the NFL, is – it's not that anybody dreads Ole Miss. Nobody here dreads Ole Miss. And it's not like anybody here dreads Missouri, okay? But they are good football teams, all right? They're not great football teams. We are far better football teams than them, and we are likely going to be road favorites in both of the games. And I would not shock me if LSU plays in a game that they lose close to Ole Miss, that they would still be favored versus Missouri the following week, okay? Um Back-to-back road games are hard. These are 18 to 23-year-old kids getting back late at night and getting back on a plane to go the following week to play in another huge game, all right? So, yeah, it's going to be really, really, really tough. What's up, Pressure? It was good seeing you this weekend. Let's go to Dane. I hate the early games. I thought we're only required to play one per season. Missouri seems to play us tough, just like Arkansas. All right. No, it is. You got bad information. That is hashtag fake news. Um, You could play all your games at 11 a.m. All right. Um, I do think there is a rational limit, though, on the amount of 11 a.m. games uh, you you can play. Um, Part of the reason why I really want to to do PHO meetups for the Arkansas game is because I felt pretty good. It was going to be a night game Um, just based on, you know, right when it announced Mississippi state was an 11 a.m. Game. It's, it's rare that you play 11 a.m. Games in back-to-back weeks, but the truth is Dane, if you actually go run the numbers, LSU has played in far less 11 a.m. Games than everybody in the sec. Okay. 
I don't recall who tweeted this out, but it was someone who covers Georgia football. The amount of 11 a.m. games since 2013, LSU has by far the fewest home 11 a.m. kicks. Now, road 11 a.m. kicks, I really don't know uh, if anyone has those numbers. Um, let me know. Let me know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough. It's 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 tough, but yeah, that's why uh, at this point it's going to be very difficult for LSU to be unbeaten before the Alabama game. I do think it is plausible that they do that, though. Obviously, there's only three games that you could see that they lose, whether that be Ole Miss, Missouri, or Auburn. Um, I put LSU, once again, at around a 40 to 45% chance of winning all three of these games uh, before the Alabama game. They are the better team, and I don't think it's really all that close outside of Ole Miss. It's just hard to keep up a consistent elite level of play on both sides of the football. Okay. Now, um, I do want to spend a little bit more time chatting a little bit about some of the film things that Brian Kelly mentioned in the post-game press conference. Um, so let me just go ahead and do this. I'm going to give Dane the card. I don't care about the money. He deserves it. Uh, so, Dane, thank you for supporting PHL. Just shoot me an email, powerhourlsu at gmail.com, and uh, we'll get the PP7 out to you, my friend. Okay. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, just uh, if you want to keep super chatting, though, that does obviously help uh, the channel. But congrats, Dane. You are the winner of the Patrick Peterson card. And uh, I, I deeply appreciate that. Um, so yeah, now, next thing. I, I, I still can't believe this, all right? Uh, this was brought up in my Discord um once again, if you want to join the PHL Discord, join the Patreon. You get a borrow card in the mail from me. Um, I was blown away that Paul Skeens wore his PHL ban all weekend. I'm still blown away by that. That 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 band has been viewed what probably thirty. I say thirty. That's a high number. Probably ten million impressions off that Paul Skeens Livy Dunn photo. And you could see on his right wrist, he's got one of these things right here. So I don't know. I kind of want to do something with uh, with Paul Skeens. I didn't get a. I obviously didn't get a whole lot of time uh, to chat with him. And obviously, my wife and I were just walking along the street. We'll talk more about it tonight on AYS as well. Um, that's the most par- powerful right wrist in the. Uh, in, in LSU sports history, uh, rocking uh, the, 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 that that band. So I, I'm honored. I don't know if Paul is going to get this. I'm I'm honored, man. It, it really is really cool. And um, if there's anything I do for Folds of Honor and all the you know charity stuff he does, just let me know. Um, because God, he is that was cool. I I've never I don't know. And and I understand everyone does their own stories about when you miss like a when you meet like an A list. LSU icon, if it was a good or bad experience. I know it was like a minute or two that I chatted with them. Um, nicest guy. I, I, I And I, I don't want to come off as, well, this guy's the nicest guy ever. He's the meanest guy ever or whatever. Unbelievably nice guy. So really cool stuff. Honored, freaking honored that Paul Skeens uh, rocked it. Even for one night in Tiger Stadium. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, Brian, it's so cool. It's just cool. I don't, I don't care if I if the 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 views are, are are cool. I mean, you can't really see. I mean, it's a small thing. Uh, you can't really see PHL on there. I don't really care about that, right? Like, sure, views help. It's it's whatever, but it's the fact that that man, that wrist, is able to uncork. A, a ball at north of a hundred miles per hour. It's unreal, unreal. Um. So Chef two two five zero four just hit me up. Uh, Power Hour LSU on Twitter or Instagram. So, um, uh, there you go. 
Let's go to Brian. Why is it so hard to consistently play a high level of football when other teams seem to do it on a regular basis? Okay, so let's let's chat about this, okay? Which teams are you referencing? I I just want to know. Has Georgia played in an extremely high level? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, Let's see. Let's go through Florida State. Have they played at a consistently high level? They won two very tough road back-to-back games. Okay? So, I don't care that Florida State didn't look their absolute best. They just found a way to win. Uh, But nobody consistently plays at an extremely high level. Now, I did see a prominent national media member bring up, well, it seems as if Brian Kelly isn't getting this team at its absolute maximum, right? That he is so far not getting LSU to play at its maximum, okay? Could LSU have played better in the Florida State game? Yes, sure. Could LSU have played better versus a middle-of-the-road but decent Arkansas Razorback team. Yes, obviously they could have played better. But the idea that Brian Kelly has coached this team poorly is not something I truly believe in. I understand that there are quite a few people that say, well, why can't we quarterback sneak? Brian Kelly says he feels more comfortable snapping the football out of shotgun. Okay. That's a him thing. That's a Jaden thing. That's how they prefer to do it. Do I fully agree with it? No. Okay. But I will tell you this. There are a lot of fan bases that ask that same question. Why don't we have a quarterback sneak? There's all different types of questions, and there are some things that I disagree with with Brian Kelly, but I will tell you this. He managed the clock. They asked him about it uh, in the press conference. He managed the clock unbelievably well, if you ask me. All right. The next thing. Well, what about this? What about that? When it comes to um, getting the defense to play better. Brian Kelly did mention this, that, well, the defense has got to play more consistent, and they are trying to do too much. They're trying to make plays that aren't there. Okay, perfect example was the Zion Alexander explosive touchdown. The biggest concern for me, Brian, on that is Luke Haas getting behind uh, the LSU defense has more to do with Matt House, if anything else, okay? This is the second time, almost down to a T, the Bryce Young play last year. You can't let the DB, you can't let the wide receiver get behind you there, all right? Normally, how it works on the scramble drill, if you're a DB and you're guarding someone in that spot, you want him to cut back towards the quarterback, all right? The one thing you don't want to do is him get behind you. He got his eyes in the back of the field. And it was something that we referenced on last night's live stream. We'll do it again here. Um, You have got to play smart. You really, really, really do. I do feel LSU's defense situationally doesn't do the absolute smartest things when it really matters. Okay? Now, I know a lot of people want to pile on the Zion Alexander uh, play. Yes, that shouldn't happen, but that was an extended play. When you play a quarterback like KJ Jefferson who can scramble and make things happen, you're not going to play a lot of dual threats who are that good at doing that very thing. I think people overreacted to the Zion Alexander play. That was one person who did not do their assignment. The one play that drove me Nuts. And it could just be that it happened in the end zone that I was sitting in. But this play drove me nuts. It honestly kept me up at night last night. How on earth did that two-point conversion play happen that easily where all three of the receivers got open? 
literally all three of them on that two-point play would have caught the tying two-point conversion. Unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. All right? We have got to be situationally smarter. We just do. And what I would do, and I do think Brian Kelly made a really good point. You've got to stick with your role and understand your role. The next thing I would do, all right, I am not a coach. I don't, um, I'm not an expert at messaging. Obviously, that's a coach's job is to message to their players. Your scheme is very important. But your scheme is only as good as how that information relates to your players, okay? LSU has got to do a better job of going to their players and saying, hey, if you are in this situation, do this, okay? This is what you need to do. And so far, Brian Kelly and this LSU defense, we don't do these little things Right. And I know it's coach speak. Hey, you just do your job, do the little things. It honestly showed up. It honestly showed up consistently in uh, the, the film study we did last night. So there you go. Honor wants more Logan Diggs. Yeah. And this is a Logan Diggs show. Uh, Okay, let me let me message. Let me just say something really quickly, and this is kind of just a YouTube thing, and we're we're gonna get back into uh, some of these questions here. All right. Now, when you do this, you have trolls. All right, it just comes with it. When you know, if your audience is growing, we're about to hit ten thousand subscribers. When when these things happen, you you have trolls. All right, that's perfectly fine. It comes along with it. I, I'm dreaming that, you know, I'll be doing national stuff and so on and so on. Okay. You have trolls. You just do. Okay. One thing you shouldn't do is feed those trolls. So if you don't like a certain commenter, if you don't like how they say things or whatever, I've had to block some people. But yeah, there are certain people that are trolls and don't want to admit that they're wrong. I'll admit that I'm wrong. I've been wrong about some things, um, LSU football. I'll, I'll say it straight up, but don't feed the trolls. Don't, don't, don't feed them. And I, and that's all I'll say about that. Okay. Um, cause I know there are quite a few that are JD five trolls. And once again, the Jaden Daniels fan club president was in here uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, look, some of you absolutely love Jaden Daniels. Some of you don't think he's good really at all, and he's a byproduct of Malik and BTJ, and some of you are probably in the middle. I'm here to tell you this right now, and I want to take this comment off. This is not a hot take. This is not anything else. Jaden Daniels is a very good SEC quarterback. He's a very good college football quarterback, and he is the best option for this team. It's not really a hot take. It just bears repeating. But, you know, I watch a Brian Kelly press conference from the main LSU account, there's still people that that don't think he's good. Okay. It's lunacy. You're, 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 it's lunacy. He's not perfect. And it's okay if you don't think he's not the absolute best thing. There are a lot of good quarterbacks in college football this year. This is a very good quarterback draft class. So, you know, I, 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 I truly do think that Jaden um, is still getting some hate when the first half was was not great from Jaden. Brian Kelly, you know, mentioned that in both the press conferences since the Arkansas game. Um, but when we really needed it at the end of the second half, he was good. And at, in, in the second half, uh, or at the end of the second quarter, he was good. Second half, he was good. But yeah, you know, Brian, I wish he was, um, I wish he was more consistent too. I wish he was. I, it, 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 some of the first half misses were were, were crazy to me. I, it honestly was. Um, but then again, I can live with it. I, I really can live with it um, if you play better as the game moves on. Now, from this point forward, 
you don't want to have so many bad first halves. But if you actually look at the – and the scoreline wasn't, you know, replicated here. But Jaden's performance versus Arkansas was very similar to the Mississippi State performance the year before, right? Rough first half, great drive to end the second quarter. Then in the third and fourth quarter, he started playing better. Now, his third quarter versus Arkansas was better than his third quarter versus Mississippi State, but it's it's just true. Okay? Now, I'll also say this. All right? Mike Brock was incredible. Mike Dimbrock was incredible. That was his best game at LSU. Okay? All right? Now... I do want to bring this up because I hate it when, you know, you see um, our LD88. We'll see you. Uh, you, you see this uh, like, like you'll and one thing that annoys me about, you know, Twitter or social media or Instagram or anything like that. Uh, there are a lot of things. OK. And, and this is kind of like Jaden Daniels. Okay. We can all agree Jaden Daniels is a good quarterback. If you say to the to the contrary, you're not, you're you're lying. All right. But you could still say, hey, this needs to be better, that needs to be better. It's perfectly fine. I do want to say a few things though about Tiger Stadium. All right. Is Tiger Stadium the best atmosphere in college football? It is. I'm obviously very biased there. But there needs to be a lot of improvements uh, with, with 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 Tiger Stadium from my vantage point. Now, some of you say, hey, Tiger Stadium is perfect. Don't do anything. All right. Um, you know, we could talk about cell service. We could talk about the sound systems. You know, I don't go to as many games as some of you go to. There are some of you that go to all the games. All right. I'll save this more. It, this seems like it's better for a Twitter conversation, but at Power Hour LSU on Twitter, I'm going to retweet some of the responses from people that actually do go to every game as far as what I what they think needs to be improved. But understand that, yes, I got to go to the game. And yes, it was great. And yes, I was going with two of my really good friends, Ron and John. Uh and my wife got to sit with me as well. She's kind of cool too. Um, that was fun. So it's hard to go to a Tiger Stadium game and not have a great time. But the truth is, more of you don't go to games that instead of those that do. So I won't spend too much time, but I will reference a few things on the Power Hour LSU uh, Twitter account. Okay. Now, I know you do, Presh. So, there you go. What a persistent Jordan here. Anyone else think Mason Smith is getting pushed around a ton? I felt there was two reps where he, he, he got a little high and, and pushed around a little bit. For the most part, I don't think he's playing just bad, but there's not a whole lot of plays being made. Uh, but then again, you know, you can have an argument, well, is the defensive tackle's job in Matt House's system to make a lot of tackles? I'm not so sure that it is. Once again, it's very scheme and, and offense dependent. So, yeah. to Luke here. Look at him. He's got a signed PHL shirt. I feel like Burns is hurting us the most on defense. Is he crazy? Okay. Yes and no. Like, obviously, the, the, the best situation for this defense, Luke, would be to have 
Andre Sam and Greg Brooks play together. Greg Brooks is not going to play anytime soon. Okay. Um, does LSU begin to look somewhere else instead of major burns at safety? Obviously, Andre Sam needs to play. The interception versus KJ Jefferson was really good, and Brian Kelly uh, referenced that very thing. Okay. Um, Andre Sam's playing really well. But Carter, the open field tackling wasn't great. Okay. I get so sick and tired of ragging on a player for missing an open field tackle when a player's got 50 yards of space to operate with, okay? Both of Andre Sam's missed tackles in the open field, they did result in first downs, but they were so far heavy into the open field that most ball carriers would have made him miss. K.J. Jefferson on the scramble, and then Rashad DeBinion on, you know, the check down, uh, the running back. Um... And yes, Andre Sam missed a touchdown-saving tackle uh, on Mississippi State's early touchdown last week. But outside of that, this guy is making a lot of plays, all right? He just is. And he also did miss one versus Grambling. So there have been a fair amount. But at this point, there's no one else in this secondary that's making plays quite like him, all right? Uh, it, the, the truth is, um, Andre Sam's playing really good for us and we are very lucky he is there for us. Okay. Now. I do want to reference a few things just to let you know that, uh, you know, Power Hour LSU, we're always going to be 90% LSU football. Okay. But, Jim Mulkey, don't forget, if you are in Baton Rouge, they are doing, in less than 20 minutes, a free to the public practice at the PMAC. Okay. So, Show you a few tweets once again. If you're just joining us, we're going to go through um, a few things that Brian Kelly said. You know, we talked about Jordan Jefferson a little bit earlier. Uh, he will play more nose guard in three man fronts. Um, I would like to see a front where Jefferson is the nose and Mason Smith and Makai Wingo are the ends. And I would like also to see Harold Perkins playing the every down jack role. Um, Here's a Greg Brooks uh, situation. Uh, Brian Kelly said that everyone is at least probable to play this week. Um, obviously, the Mason Taylor update here. This is via Wilson Alexander and Koki Riley. Um, once again, you know, we've kind of touched on all these things up to this point. Um, this was a really good question by Matt Moscona about how many more personnel changes LSU can make with the defense, or are there any other players that you think could play more for the LSU defense? Now, obviously, when you're asking a question as broad as this, it, it does open itself up for some ambiguity. So let's just say Ryan Yates comes out this next week and he plays a lot. Obviously, that is a pretty big personnel change, and Brian Kelly could say, well, I, I had already started playing him some. But this question by Moscona does X out a lot of like miracle guys you could throw in there and potentially be a big part of your defense. So this X's out a guy like Quincy Wiggins. This X's out uh, Bryce Langston. This X's out, you know, Matthew Lingua. A lot of these long shot players uh, who've not played at all up to this point. Um, that that kind of X's out their potential for being key pieces. I do think, um, you know, LaTerrence Welsh, Jordan Allen. So, yes, it doesn't look like there's 
with, with those guys that they're going to have a whole lot of shots of getting their opportunity to actually get to play defense. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but it was a really good question from Scona. Okay. Um, so there you go. I also wanted to show you this. The SEC leader in passing touchdowns, passing yards, and total offense is Jaden freaking Daniels. So there you go. Let's go to Shane on Facebook. What's up, man? He's played some, um, but yeah, uh, I, I doubt he he becomes a big piece. He was on the field for the final play of the game, the prevent defense play. Uh, so yeah. God, I love college football so much. Let's go to Ryan here. Do you think there's any issues with our zone scheme our secondary is running? Didn't look like we're handing off routes very well. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's... That's the point. I was giving him credit for for asking the question, and um, and Brian Kelly said the personnel is a personnel. Difficult question. Obviously, BK talked about a few of the uh, the coverage bus in the press conference. So, coverage rules are very difficult in the modern game. Okay. All right. Not everyone has Nick Saban. Okay, and obviously, Nick Saban is the one that's created a lot of these modern defenses. Um, the Ripley's defenses, the split zone, uh, I say split zone, split field coverages. Um, a lot of this stuff was was Saban, uh, Saban's defense, essentially. Now, you know, you, you talk to defensive coaches, they'll get into who originated, um, you know, Fangio schemes. I mean, it can get very deep. So the issue with this, Ryan, is defensive back is so complex. Okay. Now let, let's say for instance, the Arkansas interception early in the game, Andre Sam made an absolutely ridiculous play. And Brian Kelly mentioned the depth that Andre Sam was able to get. And he was able to play both routes at the same time. And he made a great break on the football. It was a two man route concept. The issue Ryan is in that concept, what wasn't mentioned from Brian Kelly is Denver Harris got burned so unbelievably bad on that play. Now, it was cover three, and he does have to maintain outside leverage because he is responsible for the deep third right there. But he got turned around really badly on that play. Okay. Now, is the post his pure responsibility there no because he has deep center field help that's why brian kelly was talking about the depth but he, he he got turned around pretty badly so there's so many different like things that happen uh, in in the secondary where it's a lot of rules like if this happens you need to do this all right which kind of goes back to what brian kelly was saying earlier you've got to go out there and just do your job 
Because if you're not doing your job, then the coverage rules for the other player become screwed up. Because if, you know, with these modern coverages, if your job is to run with, you know, the number two guy, then you need to run with the number two guy. You can't run with the number one and let the number two go free. And some of that is actually happening with this LG defense right now. So, yes, the communication isn't great with the LSU defense. The coverage rules has not been all that great for the LSU defense. Uh, so, yes, it, it's it's critical, absolutely critical. Uh, that, that we do better running the, the, the zone schemes. And, Ryan, what I would consider doing, all right, and this is going to sound very extreme, but I always say this. If your defense is struggling, all right, let me change this really quickly. One thing you can do to get your defense going in the right direction is make some extreme changes, all right? Because so much of what you do defensively is scouted by the other team, okay? Um, and it's easier to radically shift your defensive scheme than it is your offensive scheme in my mind, okay? I would get very nasty with it. I really would. Bring back some of the Orgeron stuff. Play two-man under a lot and just see what happens. They're not going to expect it. We might get cooked here or there. But I'll tell you this. Ole Miss is not going to be ready for it. Okay? Um, now, I'm not saying do what Orgeron did and, and run two-man under on every play. Don't do that. But do some radical things. Play a pure tight front. What really hurt Ole Miss last year was we kind of played a little bit more tight, uh, which means we had three interior defensive linemen, and we had Perk kind of play you know off a little bit, and we had him playing downhill, and we had a little bit of like a modified three three five going on. Um, and it gave Ole Miss fits to where Lane Kiffin brought it up in the press conference. Okay? I want to share this from uh, Ross Dellinger. The ratings for the Notre Dame-Ohio State game was the same as the ratings of – or the near same as the ratings of the NBA Finals and the MLB World Series in 2023 and 2022. That is absolutely ridiculous. How many people are watching that game? Hmm. All right, let's go to Biggie. Knows a thing or two about this. DBs are so close to being so good. They just got to turn their heads, and it's bat downs or picks all day. Let's go to Pegasus here. I do agree. You got to turn your head a little bit quicker, especially Denver Harris. 
Also have to adjust your mindset with the makeup of the team this year. It's a defense that's going to bend and try to hold the O to carry us home. That's just the way we win games this year. Okay. So let's look at this from a more macro perspective that Pegasus is bringing up here. And um, here's what we're going to do in the next five to ten minutes. We'll keep it going, but if we do super chat, uh, we'll send um, – we'll keep this party going. I'm a little sad that I'm letting this Patrick Peterson card go, but it's going to a good home here. So there actually is a team who who, who does this, and uh, Florida State actually has this mindset, right? Bend but don't break and just rely on your really good offense to, to, to win you all the games. Um, yeah, big bit. Yeah, we just brought up that exact same thing and uh, the exact Bryce Young play. Um, well, I, I mean, when I was in because. I was in the stadium for both of those plays and it felt like the exact same. And the funny thing was I was actually filming on my camera uh, and I was like, God, I, I'm watching the same thing happen. But yeah, so maybe Pegasus is on to something here. Maybe the LSU defense is playing the way that they're playing by design, right? Who cares if they drive the football up and down the field? If we have an elite offense, we'll be okay. All right, let's hold them to field goals and so on and so on and make them execute in the red zone. The issue, Pegasus, with this is the red zone defense was hot dog water as well. It stunk. It was Horrible. It was horrible. So that's the issue with this Pegasus is up to this point. I don't know outside of maybe Andre Sam and, and a few reps here. I don't know what else you can really do at this point unless make some more radical changes. So, yeah, it's 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 tough. Like, the thing that's very frustrating, and, and look, there's been nobody that has been more um, open to the fact that maybe just maybe KJ is just so good and he was going to get us at this point. You know, he had Traylon Burks a few years ago, and we shut him down. Uh, in Tiger Stadium, and he had a better play caller, a better offensive line then. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I would feel a little bit better about the bend but don't break thing if our red zone defense was better. Okay. Dev wants to start Ashton Stamps. Okay. Yeah, the issue, Dev, is Denver Harris is not playing great either. So it's it's really it's really tough, honestly. So I and and this is the problem. All right, I'm hearing. Well, this guy's not playing well. Let's re let's replace Major Burns. Let's replace Zion Alexander. Let's replace Denver Harris, okay? That's a lot of guys that need to get replaced. It's a lot of guys. The DB development has not been great. And our pass rush was actually pretty good versus Arkansas. We got to bring KJ down. And honestly, and, and once again, Matt House knows so much about defensive scheme. He really is a brilliant football mind but my major thing that i would do is first off realize that your defense just might not be good it, it just it just might not be good it might not be able to be fixed but what i would do is i would go to every player and just say hey we in this situation do this okay go over like just the basic things so i saw pressure mention this a little bit earlier 
Harold Perkins on a pass rush has a tendency to allow himself to wash himself out of the pocket. Okay. So the long KJ Jefferson run should have been a huge Harold Perkins sack, but he didn't read the rush lane well. Braden Swinson had the outside edge going up against the offensive tackle. Perkins should have stopped when he got even with the quarterback and then just sacked KJ Jefferson. If he does that one thing, that play doesn't happen. It, it just doesn't. So it just shows like very little things. It's not really even like a scheme thing. We did call an exotic twist. It is a difficult play. Um, I don't know the rules there. Maybe Swinson was supposed to cut to the inside and Perk is told to, hey, no matter what, you have got to stay to the outside there. Once again, it's just it's a lot of things that none of us really can be able to know. But we, we've we got to do a better job of just doing these little things right. We do. Um. It's 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 hard to replace so many different players. It just is. Um, and I'll also tell you this. The LSU secondary has been getting torched all offseason, and that includes the spring game as well. They have all been getting lit up, all of them. Um, very prominent person who was at practice. Um, practices, you know, throughout the spring called me. And he said, Carter, I'm not sure if our DBs are going to be able to stop anybody. And he goes to all the practices. He said, he said I'm, not, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to stop anybody. And at this point, if you are a massive uh, Jaden hater, uh, at this point, we're just going to need a quarterback to just kind of have to bail us out of this. We're just going to need the offense to kind of bail us out of this. All right. Like, yes. Do I wish the days of Ron Brooks being the sixth best player in our secondary? I miss those days. All right. And Ron Brooks, as you guys know, is a big friend of mine and had a great NFL career. And you know, he would he would be the best DB on, on this team right now, all right? Um, but on a different secondary, he was the dime. He was a 6 DB, right? So, you know, with that level of depth with, like, Derek Bryant and those guys as backups, they were good football players too. Carnell Hatcher, that's a deep cut. Those guys were, those guys were good, you know? Like, I miss the days of John Battle. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not even asking for Jamal Adams at this point. I, I would, I would love a Ricky Jefferson, just someone out there who, who can give you something. Right. Um, but we're, we're, we're lacking, we're lacking. Now, I appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, once again, I got huge bags on my eyes. Uh, going to games takes a lot out of you. It, it really, really, really does. So, um, when on this here, yeah, Zane, we, we do need a better start from from Jaden, but overall he's he's been amazing. Let's go to Fetty here. Good to see you, Fetty. Oh, Rob G. Rob G. Rob G. Let's go. D Danny McCray. Danny McCray. Yeah, Fetty, the, the the portal is is crazy. I I, w I will also tell you this, okay? 
So on the SEC channel, I'm actually putting together my, my Arkansas film study. All right. What's crazy is Arkansas's DBs were way worse than LSU's DBs. And one of those guys is a five-star transfer from Georgia. He got absolutely torched. Never, never, never have I seen a DB get beat that badly over the course of a game. Like I saw Singletary for Arkansas, number 15, get beat. Torched doesn't do the word torch justice. How bad Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. destroyed him. And I'll tell you this as well. All the secondaries suck. Like Alabama's got a good secondary. But all of them suck. Now, I don't know anyone that has a good secondary at this point. So, there you go. We'll talk to you soon. It is... Power, hour, LSU, boom. And tonight we are doing, uh, we're doing salmon. Let's go. Oh, yeah. And shout out to our top super chatter, the winner of the Patrick Peterson card. Oh, dear beloved, please play for us again. Uh, and tonight we're doing salmon. Bless.